Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the China Shop. Kicking those doors open today. Got some news to come at you with right at your face. But first, I got to introduce myself. I am Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how's your day going? Um, it's going pretty good. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of big things happening around the shop this, uh, this month. Yeah. We ourselves were guests over on Stacking Benjamins today. We recorded that episode. That was a lot of fun. was a lot of fun. I hope we did a good job. I hope I didn't talk over the host too much. Yes, yeah, so I was trying really hard not to do that. <laughs> yeah, I did it like three times. Like, oh, man, six people. Jeez, like, there's going to be <laughs> tracks overlapping all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Their editor's going to hate us. Or love us. <laughs> well, love you, hate me. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> uh, as long as one of us is loved, we're, we're good. Yeah. We're good right? But that's neither here nor there. Dear listener, we've got some uh, great news for you today. Let's uh, let's hop to that. Woo. We're just tubals trading information. What? Tubals trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Tubals trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? All right. Well, Kyle, uh, who 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 gets to lead off? Who won the coin toss? The who won the coin toss? The coin toss. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Do we even have any coins around? No, I'm too poor to own a coin. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. What you got? I got one. I got one that uh, my wife sent me. Uh, the British pound plummeting to a record low against the dollar. Oof. Yeah, it plunged nearly five percent to be uh, just above one hundred three. During trading in Asia and Australia on Monday, uh, extending a 3.6% dive from Friday. Bad news for Brits who love American cheese. Right. Uh, so I guess this is coming from the British Chancellor. Oh, man. The ex-Chequer Quasi-Quartet. Like, I don't know why I pick stories that have names like this. Quasimodo? <laughs> I cannot say that name. Quasi-Quartet. Uh, made an announcement on Friday the UK is going to be implementing the biggest tax cuts in 50 years at the same time as trying to boost government borrowing and spending in the face of, face of high inflation. Uh, and the markets are not uh, not reacting too well to this. One of the things they don't like over there is the tax cuts. Uh, he's cutting taxes for uh, not the, the normal person or the everyday man, but for like mm. the top earners. Oh, good. Yes, yes. They yes. need another tax cut. Their historically low taxes aren't low enough. Yeah, uh, and even members of his own conservative party are lamb blasting this uh, this decision. <laughs> uh, he doubled down over the weekend, uh, hinting in interviews on Sunday of more tax cuts to come, saying that Friday's measures were just the start as the government goes for all-out growth. Uh, one of the best quotes in here, I think, came from Clark, uh, Lord Ken Clark, former Tory chancellor. He said on a BBC interview, 
uh, quote, this is, I'm afraid that's the kind of thing that's usually tried in the Latin American countries without much success. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> Ooh, that's a zinger. <laughs> so, record low, nearly 21% this year. Uh, the previous record low was 37 years ago in 1985. 80s are back with a vengeance. I know, and it's not just Cobra Kai. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Kate Bush is running up that hill. Right. Oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go find a, a old Chevy van and my and put a back seat in. Make me feel four <laughs> years old again. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, well, I do know that it's bad news for U.S. exports to to the U.K. Uh, yeah. So so this this for for trade situations like this, it's bad on both sides. Like not only are American goods costing more in Britain. Uh, but that means that we're going to sell less of them because they cost more. So both sides are getting hurt here. More likely, we're going to start buying more shit from over there because our dollar is going to have more purchasing power over there than it does at home. Oh, yes. Thanks. <laughs> Thank God we can import more kippers. Right. <laughs> I like kippered herring snacks. <laughs> Uh, what do you got for us? Hey, well, you remember maybe, I think it was it was just over, maybe a year and a half ago. It's been a while. Mm. But one of, uh, if we had to make a list of favorite news stories, one of my favorite was about a New Jersey deli. Oh, the deli. With, an, with a $100 million uh, valuation on its over-the-counter stock, if you recall. <laughs> on like the one location it had? One location with a $40,000 annual yeah, <laughs> yeah. income <laughs> revenue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, one of my favorites. Yes. Well, you know, it turns out that uh, the three guys running running those companies have been charged with fraud. You don't say. Kyle, I, I do say I was shocked. Shocked to learn. <laughs> that these men were charged with securities fraud and other various crimes. So how exactly did they get their value, their stock price, so inflated? So the the news article, I don't think anybody knows yet. Maybe the SEC, know, SEC knows and it'll come out in court. Mm -hmm. But somehow they were able to not only do this with the deli, but they were able to do an e-waste company, which had no income. And then do another with a with a third company. So, so somehow they artificially inflated these values by but nine hundred thirty nine percent and nineteen thousand nine hundred percent respectively. That e waste stock had no value, and and they managed to put value in it. I don't know how. It does not say. Which probably for the best, so people don't copy and paste. Like, oh, well, that sounds like a great idea. That's not why I'm following the story. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but how do we do it, Dan? How do we do it with yes, our stock? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do know that they have enlisted uh, an attorney named Ira Sorkin, who also represented Bernie Madoff. So, you know, probably some sort of Ponzi scheme. Why do I feel like Jared Bibbler would be the guy to add? Like, tell us how this is happening. Oh, yes, please. Jared, let us know if you have any insight into how the, this Ponzi scheme worked. Uh, yeah, send, send us an email. Would love, would love, love, love to, to figure out. Especially if you can do it like a step-by-step -step checklist. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Share that off air for personal yes, reasons. Yes, no no, no yes. big deal. For thought experiment. <laughs> uh, it's like, right. Yeah, it's fraud and securities price manipulation counts carry maximum penalties of 20 years in prison and $5 million fine. And uh, on top of that, wire fraud, money, lander, money laundering uh, have penalties up to 20 years in prison. So they look, oh, oh and uh, 
of the three people, one of them is still on the lam. They only arrested two. Mm. Uh, the, the father and son that were involved with it, the son is, is still out there somewhere. So if you're listening, Coker Jr., turn yourself in or give us a call and let us know how you did it. Just, you know, are, personal reasons. The names of the people being charged, are any of them Italian? It is Paul Marina got fired. Their, their CEO, Paul Marina, was a famous high school coach, but he got fired. Their names are uh, James Patton. Peter Coker and Peter Coker Jr. Okay, I hear I hear a Delhi in New Jersey, and immediately start thinking Sopranos. You think mob? Yeah, Sopranos. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, no word if the matriarchal lines are Italian or not, because you know we do mm. like to just make mass assumptions about crime and ethnicity here in the China shop. <laughs> Take that, Italians! Ah! Right. Hey, I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> I know you fucking Sicilian bastard. <laughs> Hey. I <laughs> did it again. Zing. Oh, I'm getting canceled tomorrow. It's happening. Right. <laughs> By me. By you. <laughs> All right. Well, what else you got, Kyle? Remember Larry Summers? I think we've talked about him before. One of the people that was uh, uh, talking about how the Fed's not doing enough. Uh, he's one of the few people vocally complaining about saying that inflation was definitely not transitory and was here to stay. He is back in the news again as he is giving his thoughts on how the Fed can get out of its current unstable state. And what he has to say is not very upbeat. He says that if they're going to bring down inflation, they will likely need a policy more restrictive than the policy that's contemplated by the markets or the Fed. The Fed continues to be excessively optimistic. The the, the Fed is too optimistic with these rates? Yeah, I don't know if you've been following what the Fed has been saying, but nothing they've said has sounded very optimistic. (laughs) Not at all. Yeah. Uh, His biggest fear right now is that the Fed is not going to have the resolve to raise rates high enough and that the eventual cure will be far more costly than shouldering what could be a shorter, shallower downturn months ahead. Wow. Yeah. I don't like to hear that. That that makes me feel scared. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. Uh, let's see. What is he? He never believed inflation was transitory. uh, That was uh, just caused by the COVID related shutdowns and supply chain crunch. Uh, he said the chief source of today's heavy inflation is over the top demand caused by too much money chasing too few goods. So the only way to throttle runaway consumer price index is to continue tightening monetary policy to the point where demand falls sharply. Wait, so, so that, that would mean it's just companies raising their prices because there's less stuff to sell and more people that want it, right? Well, I don't know how you can say it's not related to shutdowns and supply chain when you're talking about there not being enough goods around for everybody who wants to buy. <laughs> right. No. It, yes. 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 That's so, a very good point. Very good point. I mean, he was right before, but so were we. <laughs> Take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hmm. Expert economists here in the China shop also made fun of the transitory language. Oh, quite a bit. Well, I know that uh, I came across a story about inflation as well. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Steve Forbes, uh, I don't know if he's still a billionaire, but uh, he is the chair of Forbes Media who puts out the billionaire list. Oh. He's saying the solution is to go back on the gold standard. That's not the first time we've heard somebody say that. It's not. It's not. So apparently... Uh, uh, we've been on the gold standard a couple of times and we keep getting off of it. 
Right. Uh, and I, I do know that this, it's it's a it's a staple talking point in libertarian economic circles in the Austrian economic circles. However, however, uh, the the whole world was on the gold standard. Uh, well, I should say when we were on the gold standard with the Bretton Woods Accords, which mm-hmm. I did a little research to dive in because I didn't want to sound like a complete yeah, idiot. Good job. Uh, it's from 1944 to 1971. We got on the gold standard, and of course, as we know, everybody's still on the dollar standard. Everything world trade is still done in dollars, which is why it was a big story to that the Saudis were doing oil deals with China with the yuan. Yeah, I also looked up the pronunciation. It's yuan, the Chinese yuan. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I just yeah. looked up why we stopped using the gold standard, and you want to know what the top result was? What's that? To combat the Great Depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally the opposite reason why people want to go onto it. That was the first time we got off of it. Yeah. And then in 1944, winding down of World War II, we got back on it. Uh, but what what happens is federal banking, centralized banking, like the Fed, ends up having less control over the money supply. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Right. And And on top of that, Gold producing countries have more control uh, in the economic, the world economic stage. Uh-huh. Um, I actually, and I'm I'm thinking back to that that article we we saw about uh, Africa mm-hmm. and those gold deposits that that China's now starting to tap into that are more than the entire existing gold supply in in circulation. Uh, so I would be worried about going to the gold standard now if China can just up their crank up their mining. Right. Capacity and tank our currency. Yeah. Um, not a lot of selling points to it right now, is there? Like, what's his reasoning for wanting to go on to it? That I can understand wanting to get the Fed out of, you know, take some of the power away from the Fed. But not, I don't think giving it to China is the right answer. <laughs> right. Uh, Forbes was citing uh, data from the 80s when... Uh, Fed Chair Paul Volcker was reigning in inflation with his dramatic interest rate hike of more than 20%. Uh, Forbes was saying the the real thing that did inflation in was uh, Reagan stabilizing the economy by cutting taxes and deregulating by uh, coordinating global efforts to sell uh, dollars and buy other currencies. But Mm -hmm. uh, to quote Forbes, today, unfortunately, not only is Biden putting up obstacles to deal with supply side problems, but the Fed Reserve and other central banks think you have to depress the economy to bring inflation down. They do it by artificially raising interest rates so they have fewer people employed. And that's not the real cure. The real cure is to stabilize the currency. But he doesn't he doesn't go further. at least. uh, uh, Oh, yeah. He goes further to say that it's just the intrinsic value. So if we just go to. seems very short-sighted. If we just go to the gold standard, then it won't go up and down because gold's more stable. (laughs) Except gold is speculative too. (laughs) It's more and more speculative. I I did, and and we'll have a link to this. There is a nice Wikipedia article on the gold standard, and it does list advantages and disadvantages. Mm -hmm. You can read about it there. We'll have that in the episode description. Um, I did did try to, to... load up a, a, a few more articles to get uh, more information, but uh, I just went down a rabbit hole and I wasn't feeling any more informed. I was just feeling like there was just more and more stuff getting into my brain. I'm like, yeah, but like crypto, but what is it? 
<laughs> what is the gold standard? What is it? Ah, it's so weird. Like, it makes a good point. Like, okay, if if inflation is being driven by a lack of supply of goods, then wouldn't a lower interest rates encourage companies to expand and maybe try to fill that demand? Oh, to to have access to capital to to buy more supply. Yeah, to be able no to be able to produce more supply. Like, you need to expand. You need to be able to have good terms on on loans in order to you know finance that. Sure. Sure. Yeah, but where are you getting it if the supply chain is clogged up? <laughs> right. Right? Ah, oh, it's hmm. this whole twisted mess. It's like a snake eating itself. Yeah. Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I And, and frankly, I, I don't care. I just want to have food and entertainment. Bread and circus is here, please. Right. Bread and circus is here. And should we even listen to Steve <laughs> Forbes? He is definitely not a billionaire. $450 million as of the last uh, uh, latest update. Only four hundred fifty million. Yeah, That's yeah. It. We don't listen to that guy. No. Let's get Musk no. on here. He'll he'll know what to do. Oh my god, no. <laughs> well, I mean, I want to get him on here, but I'd be afraid to hear what he has to say. <laughs> Going the Doji Coin standard. No, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, and and it it is really rough because you know the more valuable our dollar gets, the more the less people are buying our goods. Hmm. Doesn't that mean the more goods we get for our dollar? So if the supply chain weren't an issue, wouldn't that mean we just have more stuff to sell to our people? Wouldn't we have cheaper things here in the States? Well, you'd have to import it. Yeah. Like when I was reading about uh, um, uh, Jared Bibler's book, uh, that was one of the things he talked about in the lead up to it when everything was running great. The currency there was so strong that what everyone would do is it was cheaper to buy flights to go to Boston from Iceland and do all their shopping there than it was to buy the goods at the stores at home. Whoa. <laughs> Pick me up some potato chips, Mom, while you're in the States. I like I mean, the barbecue. I'm, they're not getting potato chips, but, you know, like going and getting like your high-end electronics, like, you know, a new camera, a new phone, laptop. Yeah. Like it yeah. was much cheaper to go buy those in the States than it was to uh, even factoring in airfare. It's nuts. Yeah. Oh, that is nuts. Mm-hmm. Oof. So, you know, folks at home, we're fucked. Well, pretty soon we'll be able to fly to Britain. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, right. By, I'll be able to afford a house in Britain. Or high-end consumer goods. <laughs> of course, they're made in Britain, so they'll probably be trash. <laughs> oh, yeah, take that, Brits. Oh, they say they, they make fun of it themselves. It's not just me. Well, you know, they do have the finest cuisine in the world. Oh, my God. There <laughs> <laughs> we, we go. That. Start the episode bashing Italians. We'll end the episode bashing the Brits. Well, you want to get your beef going. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> Stay tuned. Ne- next week, we'll hit the, the Spanish and the Portuguese. <laughs> Don't get Kyle started on the French. Oh, no. No, I like the French. No, I don't. I lied. <laughs> I like their wine and their kissing. <laughs> Yes. But I don't like their cheeses. Ah, no, they're kind of, I don't like the, I don't like the soft cheeses, like brie. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I know we've gone too long, Kyle. Start talking about cheese? Start talking about soft cheeses versus hard cheeses. (laughs) You should say goodbye then. (laughs) Oh, folks, thanks for sticking around. We love you so dearly. Uh, Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Uh, Just, you know, just keep talking about us. That's what we like for our egos. Stroke, stroke, stroke. I love that. Yeah. If you like us, tell your friends. If you hate us, tell your enemies. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Uh, We'll be back at you soon with some more exciting episodes. But until then, happy trades. Bye. 
Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.